Good morning, Pharmacy Podcast listeners. It's Ken Sternfeld, the concierge pharmacist. You are listening to our Sunday conversation, Bagels with my sister, Judith. Judy, good afternoon. Welcome to our show from Israel. Hi, Kenny. I'm happy to do another show. I'm always delighted to do this show with you. We're glad to have you. And I think you're feeling a little better because I know last time we spoke, there was a little bit of a cold or a runny nose. So how are you feeling today? Actually, thank God, I'm better. I mean, I'm not, no more running nose. Um, I always have a sort of dry cough, but it's, it wasn't that phlegmy, deep, you know, like I'm coughing out the bottom of my lungs. So that's strange. So um, I feel really good. I'm starting, you know, going about my activities. Well, I feel grateful for my return to health. You know, it's interesting, and I learned this early on in my pathway to become a pharmacist. But did you know, Judy, and I'll ask my listeners, that if your nose runs and your feet, no, excuse me, wait a minute. If your nose runs and your feet smell, you're built upside down. I guess I should leave the leave the wait joke. Wait a minute, wait, run that by me if again. If your nose, nose runs and your runs. feet, if your nose runs and your feet smell, you're built upside down. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, like that. I didn't. You know, you not, said not, not your feet smell, not smell. I think we should leave. <laughs> I, I think we should leave that off the next week's agenda. That I shouldn't tell any old old jokes. So. The, the week for me and the week for you were kind of similar, and I'm going to tell you why. We both mm-hmm. saw our care providers, our physicians, to get checkups and to have those physicians look at us to say, how you doing? How's it going? Mm-hmm. What's going on in your life? So uh, before I say what happened with me, I want to say, what uh, listen, listeners, what happened with you? Because we're always looking to kind of keep updated with our health. And sometimes preventing things from occurring in the future is more important than um, anything else that we could do to take care of ourselves. So tell us what happened when you went to the doctor today, uh, this week. Well, um, I have a, some, a little condition that I have to keep on top of my kidneys uh, to make sure they're properly functioning. <clears throat> so I go about once a year now, and I went, and he said, you're okay. Uh, no change. Um, you don't have to change your medicine. Things are status quo. They're not 100%, but there's, you know, it's a livable condition. So I was very, very happy. Then he took my blood pressure and he said, it's on written 30. I said, but I take it, you know, on a regular basis. I was told to do that. And it always comes back high. He said, well, you're normal. <laughs> so he, he suggested that I uh, make an appointment with my primary care doctor and see if my blood pressure machine is properly calibrated. So I was very happy on those two counts because I thought, you know, I was getting worse or not getting better. And he said to me, you're good to go. Wow. That's the so at my age, being good to go in matters of health is a, bit, is a big present. But you touched on some things that allow you to be good to go. You talked about something 
about measuring your own blood pressure at home. And I, and I think that's important because what you know, what you don't know can hurt you. High blood pressure is kind of, they call it the silent disease because it's not like it screams at you like you see a rash or you see, uh, you know, other, other side effects. I mean, they come after you've kind of reached certain plateaus where your blood pressure goes up uh, to levels that your body is saying, whoa, uh, heart's working a little too hard. You know, it's getting a little bit more difficult. Too, you know, I, not, nothing I wanted to have to encounter in the future. Oh. Well, you know, what's interesting about blood pressure is, uh, is number one, uh, everybody has blood pressure and everybody, you know, otherwise if you, had a, if you didn't have blood pressure, you wouldn't be alive. But measuring right. that blood pressure, and there are two basic numbers that we've always looked at. And for as long as I can remember, it was 120 over 80. Systolic was a 120. Diastolic was the 80. And if you were over those numbers, the doctor would say, hmm, if you were, say, 120 to 129, you were what was called elevated. Hey, you don't have hypertension, but your blood pressure is a little elevated. So they told me, Kenny, you know, you're, you're carrying way too much weight. And that's, you know, probably what's uh, causing it. So, you know, let's kind of watch the diet and see if you could lose some weight. And, and I could tell you over my you know years, you know, when I did listen to the doctor, which wasn't always, and did try and lose a little bit of weight, you know, just a small amount of weight could really make a, a, a very measurable, a measurable impact on the blood pressure. So I was off medication for, for years. I wasn't, even though I was overweight. And I was reaching points that I really, it wasn't healthy for me to be at that way. You know, the, I'd go into the doctor and then the blood pressure would come back relatively normal or slightly elevated. And I said, okay, I guess I'm living with it. But that was the wrong approach because I could have been living with it then by addressing the weight issue, the diet, the things that I was eating, you know, things that contained a lot of salt. So the fact that you... And I didn't know this until we spoke earlier this morning, the fact that you test your blood pressure every day, or at least a couple of times a week, you don't have to do it every day and be upset. No, they said I didn't need it every day. But, but the, the calibration, here, here's a situation you go to multiple doctors. I go to multiple doctors too. Every time you go in, they take your vitals, your vitals, your, That's health, right. your weight, and your blood pressure. And I can tell you, if I saw, I don't know, Eight doctors in the last uh, in the last month, everyone had a different number. Everyone. Now I knew where I felt I was because I also test my blood pressure at home. Because now I am on on medication. Because I went from elevated to stage one hypertension, where the blood pressure went to one thirty to one thirty nine. So now you're kind of climbing a ladder that you don't want to climb. So the doctor says, "Hey, you know." That conversation we had three months ago, six months ago about your diet, Ken, hmm, you know, how's that going? I said, well, doc, you know, I've kind of slayed, you know, kind of got a little off course. He says, well, now we're going to give you a little help. We're going to give you a medication that will help and assist because, you know, we need that balance. You need to get that blood pressure down. And that occurred with you too, right? The doctor reached a point. That's right. Yeah. So, So tell us about what happens when... The doctor then says, uh, it's time for a little medication. What did they prescribe? What did they give you? And how did that work? Um, well, first they gave me five milligrams every day. 
And I, I have to say, I, I wasn't so religious about remembering to take it. So, and it wasn't, it wasn't doing the trick. So he said, do you forget to brush your teeth every day? I said, no. He said, well, why don't you put this medication next to your toothbrush? So I thought that was a very good idea. I actually moved this medication into the bathroom. So when I go in in the morning and I brush my teeth and wash my face, I remember that I have to take this pill. <laughs> not the other pills, you know, not not the vitamins, not all the other things I take, um, which are in the kitchen, you know, because I... I want to have food in my stomach before I, you know, send a drugstore down to my stomach. Um, but this particular medication, I take in the morning and I don't forget it. Um, so that's good, but now I'm up to 10. No, I'm not, um, I, want, I want to I, stop you there. That's not just good, Judy. That's great. You just came really? up with a simple solution. You keep it simple solution of how... You can, you've addressed the, one of the largest problems in healthcare. First of all, the drug that the doctor prescribed for you was Norvest, which is amlodipine. And they started right. you on a five milligram dose. And it wasn't working because, as you said, you might have forgotten it. So when you went back to the doctor, the doctor addressed kind of the, we call it the root cause, the real underlying reason why the drug that he prescribed or she prescribed for you which they thought was right for you based on clinical knowledge of going to medical school. It says, listen, this wasn't five working mil- because I wasn't taking it every single day. That's called adherence or lack of adherence. And adherence right. with, with the, let's say, 80 to because 100. Because I, ambival- I was ambivalent about even having to take it. I didn't want it to have to take it. I thought, oh, another thing that's wrong. I didn't like the idea. Judy, you are a walking textbook for adherence, and adherence is the devil in prescription medication management, because if the doctor does all he or she can do, and they address it based on the need, the clinical need to take a medication, and the patient doesn't take it, it it, it just doesn't it, it work. Because you'll come back, and you did, and the doctor recognized that the five milligram dosing for you wasn't getting the results. So what did he do? After that, what did he do to to help? Well, he well, first of all, he raised the dose to ten, and second of all, he uh, kind of scolded me about it, and he said, "Well, um, do you forget?" And he made a suggestion. He said, "Do you forget to brush your teeth every day?" And I said, "No." You know, I go to the bathroom, and the first thing I do after using the bathroom is I brush my teeth. He said, well, why don't you put the this nervous act next to your toothbrush? It's unbelievable. So I did, unbelievable. Yes, yeah, so I, I did that. So now I don't take it. I mean, I don't forget it. I take it in the morning, you know, religiously with, with my <laughs> with my toothbrush. Well, you know, you're a very, I, relig- you're a very religious uh, woman and soul. You're in Israel and you're living your dream of going back. And living there, but you say religiously, and and religious is a belief. No, 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 I, it's no, not no, 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 no. Religious, it's just regularly. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't want you to change the word. 
I think the word is, is appropriate. Good medication management, you have to religiously, you have to believe. You mentioned things that stopped you from taking it. You didn't want to take it. You weren't happy that your blood pressure was up. It was another pill. So that's part of adherence and the fact that patients push back. The fact that maybe it gives you a little side effect. I don't know if it did. Maybe well, it did. Every, everything gives you a side effect. So that was another thing. And I take some other medication. Like I take a little antidepressant at night. You know, I'm basically okay. I've been taking it for a long time. It works. Um, and my philosophy with medication is if it works, something's working, don't fix it. You know, don't start messing around. It works. And at this point in my life, you know, there aren't any major side effects. I'll tell you the truth. Sometimes at night, I take that at night. Sometimes I'm like really tired. And that, that medication is also in the, it's in the bathroom before I go to bed. Sometimes I think, you know, I really am too tired to go into the bed. And uh, every so often, I succumb to that tiredness. Not that I don't, I, I object to taking the medicine, but it's like another thing to do and I don't want to have to deal with it. So occasionally I won't deal with it. I'll just go to bed. But I know that that's not good. And, you know, to spend, for people who have like multiple medications um, and they're on a specific schedule, like they have to take something at 8 in the morning and another something at 12 and then something at 4. You know, I, that's very complicated because your life seems to be programmed around the time of medication. For myself, I like, I, I do it either in the morning with vitamins or at night. I don't like to think about it in the middle of my day. It makes me feel more normally healthy. You know, I don't like reminders of health problems, being sick. I don't like to have to go into that thought process. So in the morning with my teeth and at night right before I go to bed, it's like less of an, a pain in the neck, less of something I have to deal with. I just are on more automatic pilot. Wow. You know, you, there are our industry spends millions and millions and millions of dollars to, to educate and to bring patients to the level that you are right now, Judy. Understanding that adherence is important. Adherence, I guess is, the last number I saw was 80 to 100 million people don't take their medication as prescribed. And it puts such a tremendous stress on our healthcare system from a cost standpoint. Many people don't take uh, the prescription medication for a, a reason you didn't mention, which is the cost of that medication. The cost, right. The yeah. medication is very expensive. Um, I pay here uh, for the medication, not not counting vitamins, uh, about $100 a month, which is not a lot considering what some medications can cost. But, you know, on my budget, which is a... You know, I'm retired, so I have a, uh, you know, a stable budget. You know, there's, I'm not working. There's no extra income coming in. It's, uh, it's a lot. Um, and I know people whose medication is really, really 
um, excessively expensive, like some cancer drugs, certain kinds of drugs are like incredibly expensive. And um, for, for some people, it becomes, especially those on fixed incomes or, you know, retired, um, it, it becomes sometimes a choice between, am I going to buy enough groceries or am I going to buy my medication? So it's a really lousy system and it's a very big dilemma for many, many people. And as a social worker type, I, I see no reason, um, fair reason why a country, you know, an, an independent sort of wealthy country like America, for instance, should not provide um, affordable health care and affordable medications to its citizens as a right. Wow. Judy, we're going... Not as a privilege, or just for the rich, but as a right. Judy, we're going through difficult times now in our country. Just like your I country. Know. Every country has, has, has challenges. Uh, the political environment, the healthcare environment is just one topic of what's being footballed around on, on through debates. And this is not a political statement, but what, but the comments you made are, are so, so powerful because we're living it. We're living it. We're seeing it. I know. I, I, saw I mean, it, I, I watch Fox News all the time because I, you know, I'm American. You know, you'll never, even though I, I live in Israel for these past 10 years, I'll never not be a second gener generation New Yorker in my blood and heart of hearts. So I, I'm very interested, not just interested, I need to know what's going on in the States and the American news. And I was just watching Giuliani talking and um, crying. There were um, a couple of policemen today in New York City that were attacked. One, one was two were attacked in their car, so they were talking about crime and a whole other, you know, many other social issues of safety. And Giuliani was talking about that. He was the mayor of New York, and when he was mayor, he did reduce crime and got it off the street. Now, I work for the city, so. The mayor of New York was my ultimate boss. Um, and a lot of inequities. And Judy, Judy, we the, have Judy, to address them. Judy, the crime is what you said earlier, is that people can't afford their medication. And when I started no. RxVIP, uh, I had no, no vision of anything that it has ultimately evolved into, which is an amazing healthcare platform that has been embraced uh, uh, all across the country for allowing pharmacists to help patients at the point of care by working in physician offices. But my singular, my, yes. my singular approach and reason I did it is because as I was entering the stage of my life where I needed more medication and I saw not only the patients coming into CVS who were shocked when I told them how much their medication would cost and they had to make choices between food and rent and, and medications like they needed, like insulin or anything. I just said, I have to do something to help people save money on prescription medications. And today, six years later, when we've gone from one practice at Dr. Goodman, when you were 
you visited me. Yes, the first now, now this year where we'll have hundreds and hundreds of physician wow. practices embedded with pharmacists because of this concierge approach to healthcare. The single thing we teach these people coming on board is we need to work with the patient to help them save money on prescription medication. And if you ever lose the focus of the patient and what we need to do for them, if they can't take their medication, the 4 billion prescriptions that are written last year and more will be written this year, then that uh, are going to be basically a waste of money for, for and not to help the people. So your comments today, Judy, were so... They, they're so right on. And you're bringing it to us like like from their heart. This is what your experience is. This is what you believe in. Healthcare is not a business. Healthcare is not where you juggle people's lives in the air to say, how much, money, money do right. I, how much money do I make on this part, this patient, as opposed to that patient? And what service do I do that pays this billing code as opposed to that billing code? Yeah, I understand the business of healthcare. Trust me. You know, you know, I have a very, very strong business background. But putting all that aside, what we need to do as pharmacists, who are the only healthcare provider who hasn't screwed it up because we're not recognized as providers, we need to provide what the patient needs, which is care, what? compassion, and empathy. And anyway, uh, you, you just struck an amazing chord with me because adherence is the devil. And you're an angel just for speaking from your heart. From thousands of miles away, you're not even here on Main Street, USA. You're not even dealing with the big box. Not people. yet. I will be in well, May. You come, but, but, you come, but you come for a visit, and we love that. But but the 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 behemoth big box retailers are killing patients. There was an article in the in, in the Daily News last week. I don't know if I if uh, you saw it. I was I put it up on my Facebook. Uh, is pharmacists who are working in those environments are afraid to go to work. Because they'll kill someone because of the work environment is so horrific. They don't allow time and, and the focus to take care of filling that prescription accurately. Yeah, you have to get it out fast. But if you make a mistake, it could kill someone. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Actually, Avi had um, an example of that. Avi has his um, kind of born with high calcium. So he was going to the doctor, who he hates, by the way, and... Um, she decided that it would help his bones to take calcium. So she was giving him calcium pills for like nine months. And his calcium gets higher and higher and off the scale. So she wasn't paying attention to the whole situation. And finally he said, I'm stopping to take this medication. And, um, you know, he basically told the doctor where to go. But, um, and they, or they want to do something else, some procedure. He said, I don't want that procedure. I'm not doing it. I've lived with this situation for 10 years. I'm still here. I feel okay. You know, kind of go fly a kite. No, but, but and, you know, what you're basically saying is that physician didn't didn't know Avi's total condition and, and prescribed that's something right. that she should. Judy, yeah. I went to the, the urgent care on uh, last Saturday, a week ago yesterday, because I had bone spurs. I had terrible pain in my heel. And I take a lot of medications, including a blood thinner, including a blood thinner. Okay. So I get that doctor, what, what can we do? He takes the x-ray or whatever. He says, oh, well, you know, uh, we could be a physical therapy or whatever. You know, we're, we're not going to give you a cortisone shot, but maybe an anti-inflammatory drug. 
will help it if you take it for a week. And he prescribed me meloxicam, which is an anti-inflammatory. And I, lo- I looked at him and he sent the prescription over and I said, you know, I'm on a blood thinner, don't you? He says, well, I looked, I, looked at, I looked at, you know, he didn't even look at the list. He had someone come in, you know, to kind of uh, just check it off. Oh, do you know what medications you take? Yeah, well, I do. I'm a pharmacist, you know, and I gave her that information. And he came in literally in two minutes, looked at the x-ray and said, this is what we're going to do. Do you know what? You know what that drug could do to me? Okay, if I took it, that's not a good thing. So anyway, I want to I want to focus on the fact that and I never use this platform for a for a, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, for for any promotional scenarios. We don't have any any advertisers or whatever. But you and I grew up with with a dad who was an independent pharmacist. That pharmacist lived and worked in the neighborhoods that, that he wanted to care for. And the independent pharmacy market is suffering because of the big box retailers, people who I used to work for at CBS. I don't work there anymore. We've joined, Judy, a, a group of, of passionate professionals who want to help and save the independent pharmacy. And I know that makes dad proud that I'm involved, and I know it makes you proud that I'm involved. It does. And, and if anyone Absolutely. listening, anyone listening, is a pharmacist or knows a pharmacist in their community, and everybody does. Someone died, mm-hmm. that person who they love to go in, and now that person may not even be, his store or her store is not even there anymore because they've been put out of business. Go to or w, they may go not to, be allowed go, to uh, give the prescription, like for the UFT. Judy, did, Judy, it's the, horrific. It's horrific what's going on. It's terrorist <clears throat> activities. You live in a, in a country that every day, Fears for its life because their enemies are around them, in a, 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 a you know miles away, uh, you know feet away. Well, you're, it's like Israel. Protecting Israel is like protecting the independent pharmacy owner. And you don't have to be yeah, Jewish. Right. You don't have to be Jewish to understand that. That if you have no. a store on on a, on, a, on a neighborhood, you're getting attacked with missiles, with bombs by the PBMs, the, the pharmacy benefit managers, the the horrific people who want to put you out of business. So join. I joined an organization called APPA, www.joinappa.com. And that message will help every independent pharmacy stay in business, stay in their community, help the patients that they have. I never use this platform, Judy Bagels, with my sister, who I love, for anything but just conversation. And your conversation today was amazing. Every pharmaceutical company in the United States should hire you to talk about what's right and has to be done for the patients that they serve. You're amazing. And I, honest to God, you absolutely blew this out of the, out of the park for me and got me, got me crazed because what I'm doing is to help people save money on prescription medication at its very core because that will save lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing bagels with uh, my with, with our conversation. Well, you don't have to thank me. I, I, I believe this. You know, it's, it's, I grew up with it. It's my life. Um, you know, I've seen a, lot, a number of people I love having to take, you know, medication for specific conditions. And it can save their lives, but it has to be the right medication taken in the proper compliance um, with no adverse 
drug reactions reported, and it has to be affordable. And it's best when it's delivered by a pharmacist consult <coughs> rather than either send or from the teachers' union to express scripts. <laughs> you know, the local pharmacist told me he, he, my local pharmacist, he told me he no longer could fill the prescription because, you know, certain things were um, long-term medication and I had to send away a form and they, they gave it to me in the mail and talk, I had to talk to some unknown pharmacist who was working out of who knows where about any medication questions I had. With Judy, Philly, and I hated it. Judy, you're living the horrific nightmare of health everyone in the United States <clears throat> and obviously other people in other parts of the country are dealing with. Um, we're going to, we have about a minute left that I can record. This is a powerful statement and I'm going to get this to all the right people. I only have one minute to thank you and to say that going forward, you and I are going to talk. You are a concierge pharmacist, Judy, and you, we're hiring hundreds of pharmacists across the country to save lives. Well, I don't know how, and I don't know where I'm going to, I hope it doesn't impact your social security benefits, but it won't, but it will retirement. But you are a concierge pharmacist. Pharmacist is pharmacies in your blood. So Judy, just say, just say thank you. We only have 30 seconds then the recording stops, but this is a powerful message. So thank you very much for joining us. We will continue this dialogue next week and beyond because saving lives by helping people afford their medications is what we need to do every day, not mm -hmm. just as pharmacists, but as caregivers. So Judy, thank you. Have a wonderful week. And we will look forward to continuing this dialogue next week. Absolutely. Love you. Love you. Love your family. And um, plant a little tree or a little plant. Tonight's to the spot, you. New Year Thank of you. the trees. Love you. Okay. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.